1: To the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rosudo. All right, guys, welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm here with a special guest. Okay, special guest. His name is Dalton Cates. Dalton, thanks for joining, man. This episode is special, okay, because we're doing something we normally don't do. We obviously dive into the bets, we dive into underdog, we dive into all that world. But Dalton lives in that world. He's leaving that world for our benefit to help us out, and we're going to be talking NFL draft, and we t- we're going to be talking about NFL draft props. This is a, a way that you can kind of get you, you know there's some profit to be made here. Dalton, how you doing, man? Tell me more. Fantastic!
0: Um, excited to be on. I'm excited to step out of the bubble and bring you and everyone else into the bubble for a little bit. Um, this is a grind, man. Draft season's a grind. It's also a really fun time too. And like you mentioned, like this can be profitable as well. And really, it's all about paying attention to news and also the right type of news. And that's really the main thing. Looking at odds, looking how things are changing, which teams potentially could be drafting the player, what happens in a scenario which you know, somebody unexpected goes in a certain spot. How does that affect the rest of the draft and and who could be falling in and who would be drafted earlier in those scenarios and kind of just weighing all these different scenarios and possibilities. And like, really, once you get outside the top few picks, it really is such a wild card. So you really have to kind of balance the probabilities of everything happening, listening to the right beat reporters on certain teams, um, listening to some of these, following these mock drafts and knowing which of these, guys that are putting on mock drafts might have some more inside scoops on certain specific teams and focusing more on those type of teams. And it's really just kind of like aggregating all of that and kind of just putting it into a blend of what you think and then you know putting it against the betting market and kind of betting into that. So it's, it's a really, really fun, interesting time for that. And I know everybody's out there making their mock drafts. And it's my favorite spectacle of the year, the NFL draft, ever since I was like, you know, eight years old. I would. I don't know why, but it was always my favorite. There, I'd be making my own mock drafts. My birthday is also that weekend too, so that might have something to do with it. But um, it's honestly such a fun time too. Like the off season is so fun and kind of gets us ready for the next season as we as we head into it.
1: Hundred percent, man. I lo- I love that. You know. It- the draft has always been a fun time for me too. Like, I've always gone to draft parties. Like, you know, I'm from New York City. So, like, you know, I would go to like Radio City. I would go to, you know, wherever these Jets, New York Jets draft parties were. Like, I would be, I would always be there. And there will always be players from the Jets, like signing autographs, taking pictures, and all that kind of stuff. So, especially when I was a kid, that was something that I always used to go to. Um, but you can find Dalton's work. He actually puts his work out okay stealinglines.substack.com i'll put the link in the description make sure to go check that out uh that's where you get the upper hand in sports betting okay it's a 100% worth checking out and you know dalton's here you know to help us determine what potential values there might be when betting on the nfl draft what goes what goes into his line of thinking there uh you know betting on specific landing spots whether guys will go in the top 10 top 5 top 6 first round or not and more stuff like we're we're naturally you know going to get into some of these potential landing spots and what we think of them um and this is also going to help you in your dynasty rookie drafts too because you know as well as how you know we we think that you know how we're going to be viewing these players where they go into the draft we know that draft capital means a ton when it comes to evaluating a lot of these these guys coming into the nfl um but before we get into it, let me just go down the draft order real quick. Like the top 15 picks or so as it stands today uh, on April 5th. Okay, at number one, we got the Panthers, followed by the Texans, Cardinals, Colts, and Seahawks. That rounds out the top five. Lions, Raiders, Falcons, Bears, Eagles. Uh, Eagles, yes, the Eagles are in the top 10. Uh, Titans, Texans, they got that number twelve. So that's their second first-round pick from the Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, at number 13, we got the Jets. Patriots and Packers to round out the top 15. Okay. I'm just curious Dalton, just curious like just looking at that order there. There there has been some talk about movement potentially with that number 11th pick and the Titans maybe moving up, right? If you look at the the odds for them to take one of these top quarterbacks, they're higher than a lot of the teams even above them. So, just curious what you think there like are you anticipating a potential trade from one of these teams that are in the top 15, maybe not near the top of the draft to potentially move up to grab a quarterback?
0: Yeah, I think think my overall philosophy for the most part is when people say trades are happening to almost kind of like fade that and go against that because we hear it every single year and people in their mock drafts, they're always putting trades that are going to happen or they think are going to happen. And in reality, like, it doesn't really happen as often as we think last year. It happened. Actually, we had one of the most trades that I think we've seen in recent memory. And um, that was like with Jamison Williams and some of the guys in the back end of it. But when we're talking about the top 10, we really don't see much movement unless it's for quarterbacks. With that being said, though, I do think the third overall pick is very, very likely to be moved. Um, And whether it's the Titans, whether it's the Raiders at seven whether the Colts are just trying to move up just one spot. I think those are potential team fits there. I also would not be shocked really to see the Seahawks maybe jump the Colts and maybe for like Anthony Richardson, or maybe if they want the the top um, defensive lineman, like Will Anderson on the board. Um, I do think the Cardinals are just in such a desperate spot right now where they kind of understand that Kyler Murray is going to be out for half the season. Um, they're, they have a new coaching staff, a new GM. He probably wants to get his own players there and really like they have so much to work on. Like, Look, I'm, I'm from Arizona. I'm a Cardinals fan. We're going to be so bad this year. We're going to be so bad. And I think the GM and, and they, they kind of understand that. Um, especially like heading into next year, their goal is to have a lot of cap space. They didn't re-sign any of the free agents like, like Zach Allen. They didn't re-sign him by Murphy They let him go. Um, also in addition to that, like, next year's quarterback class Caleb Williams Drake May both guys viewed as like potential like generational like elite like number one overall pick type players to where like if the Cardinals are leaning the first or second pick they can now have an option of hey like we can go get Caleb Williams we can go get Drake May and trade Kyler Murray or like hey we can keep Kyler and just trade it for an absolute ransom so I think the Cardinals are in a spot where it's very very likely they're going to trade down and it's probably gonna be one of these teams that it falls. I would say it's probably a team that's going to fall in love with Anthony Richardson. I think the Titans have been linked a lot to them and it makes a lot of sense because they're in a spot in which their GM now um was the 49ers GM when they were sitting at 12, moved up to three for a very similar player. And Trey Lance, who I think Anthony Richardson is closer to. Now they could look he could look at it and be like, well that didn't really work out in the best way, but like the process of doing that, being involved in that process, seeing what it took to trade up for that, knowing you probably have to get one of those guys. Titans really don't have one of those guys. And also you have to think of the fact that, you know, the Cardinals GM literally came from Tennessee too. So he also has those ties and those connections there too. Um, So I think that is a team to look in as well, especially when we talk about divisions and in the draft and teams trading, like the Colts are in their division. So you could want to jump them and maybe kind of, you know, leave them out to dry with the quarterback per se. So I think I think that makes a lot of sense. But I also think the Raiders and the Colts also are teams to watch there. And I think it's very likely that the, the Cardinals do move out. I don't know where exactly to, though.
1: I, I think that's great insight. Obviously, you know, there's no reason for that to take a quarterback. This year, obviously, they have Colin Murray, and they can make a decision on that next year. DeAndre Hopkins, somebody they're likely going to move as well. You know, they're going to – you talked about, you know, getting rid of some of that cap space. That's obviously going to help them do that if they get rid of Hopkins relatively soon. Um, but I do want to talk about this number one overall pick uh, and those odds and where we like – you know, as of right now, you know, from what I've seen this morning, I've seen odds that as of today, C.J. Stroud is the favorite, minus 350 on Bet MGM, minus 300 on DraftKings. Bryce Young is sitting there at plus 225, plus 200, depending on what sports books you're looking at. You know, in my opinion, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. There are some concerns, obviously, with his size. If you want to take zero risks, you maybe go C.J. Stroud there at number one. But with him as such a heavy favorite, obviously there's no – Point in really you know shooting for cj stroud anywhere but bryce young at number one overall seems like it's still pretty likely
0: yeah i think i think one thing that's been so interesting just about the last year in drafts and this is not just nfl draft we're talking nfl nba even like nhl mlb like i would say like a week before the draft whoever was like the heavy favorite to get drafted did not get drafted trayvon walker was like plus 300 a week before the draft and then Paulo Banchero was like plus three or four fifty, and he went first overall. And then like Jackson Holiday for MLB like was like plus five hundred like before the draft. So it's like we've seen it like constantly where like these betting markets aren't necessarily reflective of what's going to happen, and it's just it's just an information game, right? It's just like who is Adam Schefter going to put out a report of wow like the the forty or the Panthers are honing in on C. dish draft that'll obviously move the market, or they're honing in on Bryce Young, or they're honing in on maybe like an Anthony Richardson, who knows. And I think that's reflective of what information is coming out. But I think this year in particular is very, very interesting because we had to trade up to one. And my thought process, and I think the Panthers thought process as well, would be like, we're not going to trade up to first overall unless we have a specific guy that we had in mind. Now, I, I get that there's reports out there that, that the Panthers have a couple guys they like. And that, that could be true. Like, yes, they probably haven't gone through all their full evaluation, but when you're making a trade up first overall and you're trading DJ Moore, another first round pick, all that type of capital. And like, essentially like you are banking on a specific player. So it's really hard for me to see a scenario where they didn't have a specific guy in mind. Now, like, could their mind be changed over this period? Sure. But like, it seems like they're pretty honed in on a guy. And I think for me, that guy, is C.J. Stroud, I think the bar- betting market reflects that. Um, for me, I was looking at betting market and odds before this trade happened. And I think it was just more like a quarterback to team fit. And for me, it was like, if the Colts of Panther traded for first overall, it felt like, like a CD Stroud tick pick. It felt like Bryce Young for the Texans was in the loop there. Um, I don't know how certain CD Stroud, I would to like 80, 85%, but it feels like based on that specific fit, um, Josh McCown was on underdogs um, stream talking about quarterback prospects beforehand. I know it's kind of been blown yeah. up, but like he loves him. Um, Stroud probably best fits the mold of what Frank Reich is looking for in a coach or uh, in, a, in a quarterback. Um, so I'd say that's the way I'm leaning now, but again, like, I I really we don't know what's gonna happen. Things change all the time, um, and I'm sure this betting market could easily flip in like two three weeks. Like it's 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 the draft. Like anything can happen. I remember remember, remember as as you remember, Franz. You remember what was it? Three years ago. Three years ago, Sam Darnold was the heavy favorite to go number one overall. Yep. Baker Mayfield was like twenty to one to go first overall. That morning, and then Adam Schefter drops the bomb, and he just like flips, like like yep. for us. we've seen it all the time, it happens all the time when it happens. But like again, with this trade happening, this might be a different s- scenario because like they probably already had the guy in mind, and nothing. I, I think I think the papers. I think the pants uh, are doing I, a great I, job. I, We're just like making it interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, one hundred percent. I I think it's you know in this particular situation, you know C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are. They're there's similar, right? There there are obviously, you know, a couple of nuanced differences. You know, one is somebody, you, you know, obviously CJ, Str- Bryce Young is somebody who could really make plays outside the pocket, you know, that sort of thing. Potentially, we've seen a little bit more of him under pressure succeeding in that department there. But, but the thing is, like, I'm the Panthers. Like, you're kind of moving up to number one. The thing about moving up to number one is that you're not, you can, you have all this time to make your decision, right? And if you move up to number two, for example, obviously, you know, the Texans probably wouldn't want to do that but if you were to move up to number two then you kind of have to take whatever is left for you between those two prospects yeah. most likely um and moving up to number one you're giving yourself they moved up really early right chicago yeah. they basically were like hey like if you know whoever gives us the best deal first we'll take it and that's what they did which is i was kind of surprised about it because i'm surprised they didn't wait longer to see what other offers would come you know uh, on the table um but him but them train that so early now kind of gives Carolina a lot of time to really evaluate. Now, like you said, it does seem like Josh McCown has fallen in love with CJ Shroud, you know, him going on with Josh Norris on the underdog podcast, going through all that film. And it, it seems like he does have a little bit of a crush on him. And then on top of that, at the pro day, right. You also see a, a more of that as well. So I, I, I do see that, you know, they're already like thinking about talking about, you know, a house in Charlotte and all that kind of stuff for CJ Stroud. So, I totally get it. Like, I, you know, if I had to pick today, I agree, CJ Stroud. But I'm looking at the plus 225 odds for Bryce Young. I'm looking at the plus 300 odds for CJ Stroud uh, over on BetMGM for the number two overall pick, right? So I'm looking at those two, and I'm just like, hey, man, like if I throw a 100 bucks in each of those, I'm getting paid out $700. Uh, not as a parlay, obviously, but as individual bets. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, you know, that can totally happen, right? Because in my opinion, I think, those guys are the two top picks in this draft, right? Like I don't see a world where Anthony Richardson, you know, gets taken as the first overall or the second overall pick. I don't know if you, you know, you have any thoughts on that. Like, do you think there's any chance that Richardson goes a top two?
0: Yeah, I do. I don't know how likely it is. And I think, I think we're in a scenario right now. If the Panthers choose Stroud at one, I would be shocked if Bryce Young's not the pick at two. Um, but in a scenario where Bryce Young's picked first, now I think this is where, like, every single front office, especially in the top 10 that has quarterbacks, might rank these guys a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Stroud necessarily fits the Texans, per se. And I think, like, in a scenario where the Texans are sitting there and Bryce Young is gone, like... I don't know. I th- think that's where things could open up a little bit. And we saw Lance Zerline release his mock draft yesterday. And whatever Lance Zerline says for, like, the Texans, like, he's plugged into the Texans. Like, that's his team. When we're looking at mock drafts, Daniel Jeremiah is the Jets. Um, Peter Schrager is, like, Rams, Cardinals. Lance Zerlein is the Texans. And what he put in his mock draft was Bryce Young going number one. And in that scenario, they had no quarterback going to it was Tyree Wilson, but they had the Texans trading up from 12 to seven to take Will Levis at quarterback. And for me, that kind of just opened my eyes and it was like, okay, like, Will Levis makes a lot of sense for like a Nick Casario, like from like a Patriots type of build, like a big prototypical pro style quarterback. Whereas like CD Stroud's more of like, he's more of a scheme fit. Like he's not a quarterback who's going to make his progressions all the way down the field. Like you need an offensive coach that can scheme towards him, like similar to what happened um, with the Eagles and with Jalen hurts and what, what these teams have done with like Justin Fields. Like I don't think CJ Stroud's the type of quarterback. They can kind of just put in any offense and he's going to make the type of progressions that NFL quarterback. But if you put him in the right system where it's like very easy throws and along the lines where it's like, okay, you're going to have one or two reads. And here's what you're going to do. He's going to dominate because, like, his skill set is throwing the ball, doing that. But, like, I don't think his processing is on the same level as, like, a Bryce Young or maybe, like, some of these other quarterbacks in the draft, where it's like a team like that may look at, like, a Will Levis, or if they fall in love with the traits of an Anthony Richardson, feel like they can mold him in that sense. Like, I think that's where things open up. I'm not completely ruling out Stroud at two in that scenario, but I think, I think that's, I'm legitimately like, okay, like, that's where things open up. And then like C.J. Stroud's at three. Now it's like, do the Colts trade up? Does another team come jump up and go with the Cardinals? Right. I don't know. So I think
1: Will I think- Levis uh, going to the Texans. That's a, that's sitting at plus fifteen hundred right now over on DraftKings. Uh, so that's 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 definitely interesting one. Um, the, the for me, it's like the Texans are at two. It's like, guys, don't fuck this up. You know, if you're going to if you're going to be a sit out too, dude, like and and CJ Stroud isn't the number 1 overall pick, like don't take any risks there, Houston. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like go with the safe guy. Go with go with Stroud cuz there's a ton of questions around Anthony Richardson obviously, but his upside is high. And Will Levis, you know, we don't know if his upside is too high, right? We don't know if there's a lot more questions around him and him going in the top 10 uh is definitely uh interesting to say the least. And you know, obviously You know, if you take someone like him, listen, like he throws a lot of picks, right? You know, you're at number two and you're okay with like passing up on that, you know, to get somebody else. I mean, these quarterbacks are good prospects. It's not like this is a bad, you know, quarterback class, especially when you consider the top two. Um, But then Richardson's upside too, right? So I really hope, you know, for the, if I'm a Texans fan that they don't do, they don't pull any shenanigans like that.
0: Yeah, no, I think. I think it's Bryce Young. I, th- I think basically what's happening right now is the Panthers are trying to position. I, Cause remember, remember right when the Panthers traded for the pick, it was like, well, the Panthers like might trade down or like do this. And then we're just like, like what? Like you just traded for the yeah. number one pick. Why would you do that? And I think, I think the reports of them potentially liking two guys like are true. Like, like they could have Stroud yeah. and young, like really high, but I think Stroud is a preference but I think they're also in a scenario where like they know they just gave up a ton, like giving up DJ more, giving up your first next year where it's like, and if they know the Texans are in on young, which it feels like that team fit for young is kind of perfect for both sides. Like just in terms of like stylistically um, what the team would be looking for. And like Casario has some like Alabama connections too. So it's like with like Saban. So, that feels like pretty locked in in terms of a fit. So like they could be jockeying knowing that the Texans might want young and like Stroud will probably fall to them at two if they trade down. So like that could be what some of that is going on over here. Um I don't know yeah, like I, no, would I, 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 could see I would be shocked if that right. happens I would be shocked if that happens. But it's just like <laughs>
1: I, I, I think I, I think, think that's too. some of the stuff going
0: yeah right imagine <laughs> imagine that dude it's like it's like you're playing fantasy football now at that point. It's like it's like the fantasy football yeah, has finally man. entered the Jeez. NFL realm at that point. Where you're sitting there, you know you've probably seen in the dynasty league some guy trade, trades up to number one overall. And it's like they immediately put it on the on the on the on the trade block, right? And it's like,
1: who right, of course, like, dude, dude, who wants, wants B- who wants Bijan? Like, who, who,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, who, who wants? <laughs> Bijan? B- I want more. Every, um, everybody, everybody has that one guy in the league that like will do like seventeen trades. They'll like trade down from a certain spot and they'll move up a little bit and move back. <laughs> like I was that guy for a while. Like I would just like move around there, but like. And everyone kind of thinks that like that's how nfl gms work and it's like i would love to see that happen just the entertainment factor that'd be great but like that's just just not how they operate but um
1: it was cool during last year's draft to see you know the eagles you know trade you know for aj brown and hollywood get moved also like it was just all happening you know it was it was it was a lot of movement which was which is really which made the draft like extremely fun to watch right
0: 2400 sports is an odyssey company